Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome to a long-awaited episode of A Matter of Truth. It feels like uh, it's been ages and, you know, we've both have had a ton of stuff on our plate in the month of November and so we missed the 15th episode as it's late in the month as we record this, but here's the end of the month episode. Yeah. Yeah, and we just... Not that we dropped the ball, but, you know, life hits and you had a ton of stuff going on with your life, Anthony, and I've been traveling a ton with school and work and all of that jazz. So it's just been tough picking a time. And so we finally nailed down something. um, And so here we are. Squeezing it in, too. Yeah. So, hey, before we get to the topic of the episode, I got to drop this. um, I got to drop this bomb on you. And you don't know what I'm going to ask you, but people have been asking me about it. Uh And so we need to put this on the air and we need to make it happen. When are we going to record part two of did uh, Christ die or did God die? Mm. Whatever Whatever we titled that episode, I forget. Right, right. Uh, can we can we promise it this year or should we post it until next year? Um, you know what? I'd say let's let's hit that beginning of the new year because I think we have uh we have somebody planned that's gonna join us that will mm-hmm. cover uh December both episodes. Uh yeah. I'm super excited. I, I do want to wait for a confirmed date from him. He's super busy, he does conferences and um, I'll just drop this nugget. It's 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 in relation to uh, to uh, presuppositional apologetics. So yes, um, it should be pretty deep and pretty exciting. But yeah, let's. I, we do need to uh, to need to go there. I think I think both of us have kind of been studying that and our our, our views and our thoughts of kind of you know aligning with scripture. I think it, it'll be exciting to kind of talk about that for sure. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to. Uh re-listen to the episode so I know what my arguments were and uh, <laughs> take you back down the rabbit hole of that. Yeah. That was, you know, spur of the moment and it was because we were having this conversation in seminary 
And uh, I just find it fascinating. There's a good book um, that I read earlier in this year. I actually sh- sent you a copy. I don't know if you've read it. Uh, he Descended to the Dead. Hell yeah. And, um, and so I'm going to reread that over the Christmas break. And it's fascinating because it tackles the Apostles' Creed, that line, where uh, in, the, during, in the creed it says, and he descended to the dead. Right. And so there's a lot of, you know, confusion because some of the creeds, uh, the versions actually say he descended to hell. Some say he descended to the realm of the dead. Uh, so there's all this different kind of kind of confusion around it and the book kind of starts to unpack that and you know this is really what happened in that time period so yeah yeah i I started reading uh god the son incarnate uh the doctrine of christ by uh stephen j wellum so yeah that's a good one yeah that is so far it's been excellent so i'll have to kind of dig into that and that's why i kind of said let's do it in january for sure yeah let's yeah january would be perfect because with the special guest sorry if you guys can hear my daughter in the background uh She's watching her show and coming to tell me about it. So <laughs> she, uh, so yeah, we've got this special guest in December lined up. It's going to be a two-parter. We're very excited for it. Uh, we've been actually trying to work with this gentleman for a couple of months, and he travels and does a lot of preaching seminar. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Like seminars, seminars, yeah. seminars conferences. And, yeah, conferences. So he's very busy. Um, so we'll be privileged to have him on and pick his brain and have him take us to school. Yeah. So it's funny because I kind of line a lot more with probably a presuppositional apologetic myself, mainly on the premise that if you don't have a firm understanding of scripture as your basis and your authority, then you're kind of left out into the wilderness of, you know, man-made philosophy. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm definitely um, in listening to him and some others and just talking to some friends, um, I, I feel kind of there as well. I think, sure, the evidence-based is, is super interesting, and I love history, and that's why I love when they find evidence. I think it's a wonderful thing, but but the reality of it is um, if we say in Scripture alone um, and God says it, that that is the beginning point. God said yep. it, and it is yep. true because our presupposition is there is an almighty God who sent his mm-hmm. only begotten son, right? Yep, that's it. Yeah. And everything else kind of falls into place from that. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what we're talking about on today's show. No. We are, in fact, going to have a, a very special topic, and I will let you introduce that. And then we will uh, uh, go to town on picking apart this topic. So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about um, legalism um, antinomianism and moral, uh, religious moralism scratch the surface of these particular topics. And I think it'll kind of introduce some questions, rabbit holes as we call them. Um, and you know, and I say legalism cause I, uh, we were talking a little bit about this. Moralism is very similar. And I think the reality in, in just the research, uh, when you start researching these, these, uh, these three isms, <laughs> uh, you find that they're all in error and yep. they're, they're all opposed to grace. And you said this mm-hmm. earlier, I'm going to quote you, uh, none of it brings us into a right relationship with God. Right, yeah. And they're, they're by all means, they are extremely deep topics. And yeah. they have exhausted, they have not even been exhausted yet because people still cling to these camps. And we have 
uh, countless books written. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, theologians have spent their life really, uh, I don't want to say picking apart, but really trying to argue, you know, uh, against both positions because really, and, and now the third position, moralism, um, because they don't really have any context in scripture. Um, however, we do find that even some of the most um, well-meaning and caring Christians tend to fall into one or the other of these camps. Yeah. Because it's just, in our human state, it's just impossible for us to literally walk right down the middle. Yeah. I mean, because the reality of it is we have a sin nature. Mm -hmm. We're all sinful. And all three of these require the same remedy, the gospel of Christ the Lord, a proper understanding of grace, um, God's word, scripture, and that's why we see in scripture, grace is the remedy for legalism, mm-hmm. moralism, and antinomianism. It's God's grace with our union with Christ. And it's fascinating to see uh, so many uh, visible churches, you find antinomianism mm-hmm. being taught or subtly being taught where I think people don't even realize that that's what's happening, that they don't, aren't required to do anything with respect to um, walking yep. in the faith. Yeah, being in union with Christ brings us to a newfound love and the obedience to the law of God. So I made a, a post on Instagram before the show started, and I said, you know, um, quoting Joe Thorne, um, and I made the reference about, you know, it's it's okay to not know the terminology yeah. uh, of theology. It's okay to not be well-versed in kind of all the facets if you would yeah you don't have to know the terms themselves but you by by all means you will encounter them in the church yeah and really what the church needs is people who hate sin and love righteousness and those are the people that the church desperately needs and so you know these terms you've probably have heard them uh, I would hope by listening to our episodes and, you know, kind of being in this little niche that we cater to, that if you would, um, that you at least have, are familiar somewhat with these terms. But let's make sure we define them in yeah. case you don't and or you're a new listener to the show, which if you are, that'd be awesome. And we'd love to get into contact with you. Um, so kind of to, to really sidebar something really quick. I want to make sure that people know kind of the gist of what we do. Um, You know, Anthony, you and I have taken the show and made it kind of a topical or a Q and a show uh, where we get questions from people and we just spend time talking through them. So that's really, you know, if you're listening to this for the first time, which I know there's people that, that talk to us on a regular basis and still don't know, we know we do this show. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Ian. <laughs> he didn't know we did a show, eh? He didn't know we did the show. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, dude, where have you been? You're in this chat with us that's like nonstop talking about things like this. He probably sees the acronym AMOT and he's like, what is AMOT, man? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And But I do have to admit, I have to say this, because I told Courtney from a Lot of Thoughts podcast, um, I would make this shout out because her husband, Paul, mm-hmm. loves our show. 
What up, Paul? Thank you. So, Paul, thanks for listening and <laughs> yeah. supporting. We know that this is the best podcast on the internet. <laughs> period. End. Yeah. And we're we're so grateful to have you listen. Now you need to take this and share it with all your coworkers and and uh, get us get us exposed to the world. But thank you for listening. And I told her I'd give you a shout out. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I look forward to having Courtney on for sure. Yeah, and, and we're so, get, yeah. so we can rant. We can have you know a roundtable rant session. <laughs> Speaking of Courtney, so I just happened to see my phone light up, and she's telling Ian. She goes, "A matter of truth is excellent. Like Undying Light, which is my solo podcast, is expected every week, but they make us wait for <laughs> Matter of Truth." <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Live live tweeting the show right now is that's awesome. Isn't that reverse? We're we're live showing the tweets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How does that work out? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a moving target. You know, we're, when we're going to yeah. drop uh, drop it, that's for sure. So enough uh, sidebarring. Uh, let's get into this topic. So uh, legalism. Let's start with that because that's yeah. So um, this is a topic that is extremely close to to me personally because i i probably fall hard into this category more often than i want to mm-hmm. and you know it, it's difficult when i say that because i come and, and i'll admit this to anybody who asked me you know i left the calvinist circle about a year and a half ago um under the premise that i was just you know building up this philosophy and we've talked about this on the sanctification episode building up this philosophy of trying to you know do the right things as a christian right pray all the time read my bible all the time um go to church you know read theology books um help my neighbor whatever the you know quote unquote work of the day was i was trying to do these things so that way I was not earning merits with God, but just that I was, quote unquote, growing in my sanctification. Right. And funny enough, none of those things are commanded in Scripture to be means to grow your sanctification. Um, God doesn't tell you or Christ doesn't tell you to go and, you know, read your Bible every day. And, and if you, do, I mean, there's, there's scripture, don't get me wrong. There's scripture that says, you know, to, you know, memorize the word of God, write it on your heart, you know, write it on your door post, things like that. I, yes, there is that scripture, but then if you're going to come at me with that, then I will just beat you down with context. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the premise is, is that, you know, we are to commit scripture to heart, but it's not a commandment to read it daily. And to, 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 you know, earn this achievement, like it's a video game, like, oh, I read the Bible today, ding, you know, or I read it five times this week, ding. It's it's not that. Yeah, it's not keeping track. And, you know, if one day you're, you know, you're not in the word as much, you know, you don't, you don't beat yourself up. I I, I think there's absolutely, I mean, second Peter three, team, we talk, it talks about growing in in grace and knowledge of Mm -hmm. our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think people often you know, they, like you're saying, because we have, because of sin, we all have that legalistic nature and we try to, we end up holding ourselves to things that is not um, in scripture. But clearly I think 
the growing in our faith, walking in our faith, you, you nailed it. Of course, you know, that is, you know, evidence, the evidence of our changed nature and they go kind of hand in hand. And that's a topic for absolutely for uh, another sanctification episode, I would think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we'll, we're, we'll probably come around sometime early, late winter, early springish and talk sanctification again. And, you know, cause it is a deep topic, but with legalism. So this, it's this idea that you have to follow kind of a pattern, right? God has given you this gift of salvation. And so what do you do? Well, you have to earn that gift, right? You have to go out and work hard and do the things that you're commanded to do and fulfill all of the commands that Christ has given you. Um, but there's this kind of notion that over time uh, you can take legalism really into uh, different directions. You can take it to a very far extreme, right? As some uh, sects of Christianity have done yeah. where they, uh, you, you, you can't watch TV. You don't have internet access. You can't wear certain clothes. You know, you uh, even like for the Amish, right? They don't have electricity. They don't do all of these things because it imposes on their on their view. It's yeah, it's like this doctrinal position emphasizing um a system of rules and regulations uh regulations right. that uh, somehow they think achieve salvation and spiritual growth and that's um you know, in the strict it's a strict literal adherence to rules and regulations which right. um as we talked about it's it's not it's it's not biblical at all. It, and it's actually it's opposed to grace from from doctrinally speaking. It, it really is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, it's just a works-based righteousness, right? It's it's look at how good I'm doing compared to you. Yeah. I go to church, you know, every Sunday and every Wednesday night. Do you go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night? Yeah. So, it leads to this judgmental attitude as well. Yeah. Absolutely. It does. And and so you have this the you have the the this one sack of extremism where they create kind of a lifestyle around rules and regulations, right? Like a Pharisee. And, you know, don't want, you know, don't uh, eat anything until you wash your hands after being in the marketplace. That was a big thing in Mark 7, I believe it was, that I preached on for school. Um, they have all of these just f- ridiculous rules. Oh, you cannot take more than three heads of wheat on the Sabbath because now you're considered working. Yeah. I mean, seriously? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm all for like laying in bed all day on on a Sabbath, but come on now, yeah, boys got to eat. Yeah, I mean, the focus the, <laughs> the focus of the obeying these rules. I mean, what it what it does is it destroys the broader context of um, God's love and the redemption that he that he gave us, you know, and and really with his law in the first place. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the law is and we can kind of touch on this a little bit but i think the law it absolutely is it's like a railroad track and and, and actually mm-hmm. it is the most loving thing god has ever absolutely done um with respect to um giving it to i mean because giving it to the his his chosen people initially i mean think about that it's um you know god cared so much that he 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 provided this guideline these 10 commandments that were given out of love um, and yep. it was in, in context, like you're talking about 
you know, it's in context of the covenant with Israel after he saved his people out of slavery for however long they were in slavery. So, I mean, that's just something to really kind of think about when we talk about, you know, the law. So after the the grace-based relationship that was established by God and he began to define these specific laws that that actually are pleasing to him. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, when we talk about the commandments of Jesus, Jesus wrapped up the commandments of the law and we love God because we have changed and we, and, and we, we look at the law differently. I, I actually was reading somewhere and, um, we talked a little bit about this before the show, you know, when even just a, uh, an unbeliever, they hear the gospel of free grace of God in Christ, our Lord you know, they're always moved. And a lot of times you hear, and you, you see it on the Ray Comfort videos, you know what, I, I'm going to try harder to, to do better. And that's because of, you know, it, it's it's part of our innate makeup that we are yep. legalistic. Our heart is legalistic. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever shed that. That's, that's a constant battle this side oh, yeah. of heaven. It absolutely is. And, you know, we were talking about it in my sermon class last night that, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit more, I think, towards the middle of the episode. But we were talking about, you know, don't conform to this method of preaching where it, it says, you know, uh, tell us what to do type preaching, mm-hmm. because then I'm just giving you a bunch of commands that you're not going to be able to fulfill. If I say, OK, so based upon this text today, here's five things you need to go home and do right now. What are the chances that you are going to go home and do all five of those things perfectly until the day you die. Yeah. Well, without, without missing a beat. Yeah. And and, well, I mean, I mean, think you're putting, you're putting something on, on people that are there. And if it's not biblical and this is kind of, this kind of gets into this whole legalism, um, you know, the standpoint of, you know, the different types of, um, you know, legalism that there are that are not necessarily biblical. You're, so you're spot on, you know, because if, if you're a pastor and you start and, and it's, I'm not a pastor, but I would think there's this natural tendency in, you know, depending on, you know, where you fall, if you're the Bab- a Baptist, Lutheran, um, you know, a non-denominational type of pastor, or whatever, you start kind of it, it, you can't escape it. You put some of you <laughs> into it. You try not to. And this is just my thoughts, but you know, and that's kind of this, the ongoing battle. So you say it all the time. You want to go to scripture. Scripture should be the source right. for, you know, for everything that you're writing, everything you're saying, everything you're preaching. And this is what you find. Um, and we'll get into it later in the top in, in the conversation on, on, on the other portion, the other side of legalism. But, um, you know, of these pastors that insert these things into mm-hmm. uh, in, into a, a sermon. Yep. So when we talk legalism, there's this new kind of um, fork in the road, if you would, that's emerged in that's and we really I think we really kind of beat it into the ground on the last episode where we went over a lot of the modern uh, maybe call them fallacies, maybe worldviews. Yeah, obviously, they're not Christian. Yeah. Um, But we talked about those in the last episode and moralism kind of sums all of those up and and so to be a moralist it means uh, especially as a christian you 
you you cling to legalism as your guideline to be better than other people. And it's and again, it's the works righteous. It's the look at me and how good I'm doing. Yeah. And how dare you, you know, tell me anything else? Who are you to judge? I am doing everything that God has commanded me to do. I mean, this this is the legalism is such a dangerous road because then you get into the perfectionist Christian as well. Um, you get into all sorts of different dangerous avenues. Before we jump over to moralism, I mean, the New Testament clearly distinguishes between the letter um, of the law, which it's outward form, and the spirit of the law. So, yep. I mean, legalism obeys the externals, right? Uh, while the uh-huh. heart is is far removed from yep. any desire to honor God, you know, the intent yep. of his law or, or Christ. So you see yep. that, and you, I think you touched on it earlier. You see that with the Pharisees who confronted Jesus mm-hmm. over healing on the Sabbath, right? Yep. Yep. And then there's the other aspect with the Pharisees too, where they confronted Christ and his disciples about defiling their mouths. And Jesus, and it, just to your point, Jesus goes straight to the point. He says, it's not by what you put in that defiles a person, by it, but what comes out. Mm. Because what comes out of the person comes from the heart. And so, and then and then you get into this whole rigmarole of food and, and what's, you know, good to eat and clean and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. Paul, Paul makes it clear in Romans 14, Acts chapter 10, you know, that food has been made, all, all food is made clean. You can eat whatever you want. But there are going to be people um, that you know, hold to certain doctrinal positions and that's okay. Paul's telling us that that's okay. Cause I, I do want to make one thing clear uh, in the realm of legalism. Legalism is okay. And hear me out. It is, it is foundationally okay. If you don't use your legalism to be a stumbling block to other people. And you have a healthy balance of what God's grace is and a healthy balance of your incompatibility to matter or to match up to that grace and your inability to fulfill the law. So, for instance, in Romans, Paul writes about how some Christians, and this is Jewish Christians that he's writing to, adhere to some uh, dietary restrictions, and, you know, we have friends who are vegetarians uh, and we talk to them all the time. We give them a hard time about food. They give us a hard time about food. Uh, we have some that are, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. Right. But the thing is, at the end of the day, if you are causing somebody to stumble because you think your view is right or better, that is using, you know, your knowledge of scripture, your faith in the wrong manner. Yeah. You're, and you're talking about the other form of legalism that adds your own rules to God's law and right. treats them like they're, 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 they're divine that God, God gave them. And exactly. you see it all the time. Exactly. It's, you know, you're right. Exactly. With whether it's, you know, having a glass of wine, um, Oh yeah, Cel- alcohol. I'll even go here celebrating, you know, a pagan holiday in Christmas. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's the it's these um, matter of truth episode next Friday, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's all these human rules and you know, and these yeah, the traditions that are passed down. Um, 
But certainly, you know, to call somebody out because of a particular tradition that you are like, well, you know what? It's just not for me. Well, that's fine. That it, 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 like you said, if it's not a stumbling block, and 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 Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, you know, on this very point, talking it specifically said from God's mouth, you teach human traditions as if they were the word of God. Okay, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so we need to be careful in how we're looking at uh, you know our our fellow brother um, in, or sister in Christ when. They're like, you know, yeah, I'm having, I'm having dinner. I just had a, a glass of wine, and and you know, you sit, and it's even the oh, silent judgment, right? The silent judgment, um, <laughs> you know, we all, you know, again, it's, it's, I mean, hey, man, we're going through this yeah. life. We're sanctifying ourselves. You know, th- these are the types of things yeah. and the reminders in scripture. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, that is that is absolutely another form of illegalism, and uh, the, and I think you see it in. Um, you know, specific sects of the Christian denominations. Like, you know, I want my, the first one that pops in, in, into, into head, into my head is um, the seven day Adventist, you know, they adhere to, mm-hmm. uh, to really to legalism. And, and for that matter, even the, even cults do look at Jehovah's witnesses. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Or Mormons. Would you, <laughs> would you, would you say Calvinists do? No. I I, mm. I I don't I don't believe that they do I now so so I think we need to clarify I think you know a a, a Calvinist might be what's the term you guys use, or do you use the cage staged Calvinist cage cage staged Calvinist yeah, yeah I think there's that process and some people stay there but um, I I I really don't believe that. Um, I, I, hey, look, we we all can be legalists. That's that's Absolutely. that's the kind of the point. That's, we're, that yeah, and I said that yeah. earlier on. That this is the, yes. the normal camp. So place, I don't but. I don't think I would say particular. Well, the Calvinist or the you know they're, they they everybody can be a, a Catholic, uh, you know, Lutheran, whoever, a Roman Catholic. Sorry, but you know, Calvin on faith and justification. I mean, there's a quote. You know, it is therefore faith alone who ju- that which justifies, and yet the faith which justifies is not alone. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. that's being legalistic. I think that what, what, no. what we're saying is, is exactly that, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we have a changed heart, everything gets reordered. Everything that was important to us before is not important. And we have this pull and now I'm going down a rabbit hole, but it, it's all related a pull to, to, to learn the things of God. And I, you know, and I, I actually, posted something with respect to, you know, the wisdom that God gives a believer. It is there. Mm-hmm. When when you come to faith in Christ, that wisdom that God has supernaturally put into the, the believer at that moment, it just, in the Holy Spirit starts to awaken it. it. It's, that is kind of, that it becomes that process of you yearn, you, you yearn to grow and to to want to read and to listen to godly pastors and these things that we've talked about on other episodes. So, um, so that was the long answer to no, I don't, I don't believe, I mean, I believe all, I don't believe like they're just Calvinists are just, you know, yeah, they absolutely subscribe, you know, based yes, dro- drooling at the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but I think every, I think everybody has that because of sin, uh, that they, they yeah. can fall yeah. to that. And we all have to kind of be careful. Um, I think in in regards to like where I came from in Calvinism and uh, and some of the people I've ran with, legalism sometimes has a harder hit on on the person itself than on a 
broader scale, like a church, Mm -hmm. for instance. So again, and we don't want to spend the entire episode talking about it. And I think this may be the last point before we move to the other topic, because we've talked on it now 20 some minutes and this is an extensive topic. It really is. So, you know, and we'll, Hey, you know what, as long as Anthony and I are doing this show, we'll probably come back to this a couple of times. So, um, I think in regards to legalism, I think you can have it in two levels. There's the person that gets affected by it because they hold themselves to such a rigorous, you know, mean, and we, we talked about this, right? The Amish do these things. Uh, the Mennonites do this, you know, uh, Baptists do this thing, Calvinists do that, Lutherans do these. You know, every denomination holds to a certain kind of criteria of expectations in a you know, certain type of living. You know, but you can say uh, there's people, I think you lightly touched on it with the alcohol topic, um, that get all frazzled because you're drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, or some people even say, you know what, I don't have TV in my house because, I, it, you know, it could lead me down you know, X, Y, and Z, right? right? Okay. But if you don't, if, and, and that's what I was trying to say earlier is legalism is okay. If you don't use it as a stumbling block for others. So, and it becomes very, very clear. You have to be very, very explicit that it does not save you just because you right. don't watch a TV show and a fellow Christian brother or sister in Christ happens to watch I don't know, whatever show does not mean you are more righteous or you are, you know, to heaven, you're going to have, you're going to have more riches or this, this is what we're talking about. It, it plays zilch zero into your salvation. Mm -hmm. All all, all three of these isms. (laughs) Yep. To close that out, that segment out, I think it's important that you have to be able to discern legalism. And it's and, and it's vast disguises. Yeah. And you have to be able to uh, understand that there's going to be churches out there that preach legalism and conformity. And you have to, uh, you know, do things this way and that way or you're not considered a Christian. Yeah. And, so, and to add to that and just I think with with legalism, because, uh, you know, we, we I touched on a little bit with respect to, you know, the outward form, you know, the letter of the law. It's, it's very important, the letter of the law. You know, God, his intent with his law, like I had said earlier, was it was out of love. Absolutely points out the sin in your life. And yes, it points out that you're not able to keep these. But but again, it's a framework. God has given, given us a framework in those Ten Commandments. He gave his people a framework to live by, to keep us out of trouble. And and we abide in those currently, even as, you know, even the non-believers do. It's the framework of, you know, uh, uh, of society. So, and it stems from scripture. So, again, the letter of the law is is not, is not bad in and of itself. It, it, again, it's, it's looking at, you know, the context to why God gave it in which he gave it, you know. And there are, there are absolutely things that are pleasing to God that come from the law. Yep. Yeah. And the other, the other extreme is that, well, not the other extreme, I guess, but the other, another aspect to it is the law will always drive you to Christ Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it'll show you, it'll reveal to you your sin and your inability to keep the law Mm -hmm. and it'll shine light on the one who can save you. And that is Jesus Christ, which I think brings us well into the second half and the second item since we've covered really moralism as legalism. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, you want to do you want to touch a little bit on religious moralism? I have a couple notes, um, and let me just read them real quick, and then yeah, read them. Fire away. So the moralist relies on the moral actions we talked about. uh, Talks we talked about that. If he prays, goes to church, helps the community, then he's good with God. Um, Another note that I actually took in kind of doing some to some research is the focus on a proper moral behavior to the exclusion of genuine faith. So religious religious moralism and legalism are very very similar but slightly different in that we talked about this a little bit the doctrinal position uh, which uh, in legalism which emphasizes the system of uh, of the rules and regulations often associated with um, the Old Testament for achieving salvation and spiritual growth so um, and and Paul warned about. Um, legalism obviously and we talked about that so the one thing about moralism it doesn't necessarily point to any established system right because they're free to concoct any any set of rule a moralist based on you know uh whatever they want yeah and you know with moralism too uh it takes it pulls more from society's Mm -hmm. idea of good um it takes this idea that uh you know, I, I'm a, I'm a good outstanding citizen. I go to church. I love my neighbor. I wear a mask. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that'll step on some toes. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Be loving. yeah, yeah. You're not a real Christian if you don't wear a mask or you're not loving your neighbor. If you don't wear a mask, that stuff's legalism. You know, that stuff's moralistic. Legalism. Yeah. When you, when you associate it with, with your Christian walk, that that's a problem. And, um, I won't go into the whole COVID thing because my daughter actually yeah, got COVID, absolutely, yeah. but I, you know, I do want to say, I think, you know, in, in every situation, uh, whether it's COVID or anything else, you want to look at, um, how do, how do we respond to it in, in a loving way? Um, and what is our what is our motive for how we're going to respond? I think it's extremely I- important. So, um, but no, you're right. I think I think that moral behavior. Is, some Christians take that to the to the top level of that. This obedience comes before faith, and then mm-hmm. and then grace is kind of out, hanging out out there in the middle of you know this gray area. So it looks a lot like legalism. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, so I think they're, they're similar and I think we kind of beat that horse between the two Oh yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think it, again, the letter of the law and, you know, opposed to the spirit of the law, I think there's that, it's finding that balance, it, yep. you know, and, and that's just really, really what it is. So let's move on to the next one and I'll let you ask. Antinomial, antinomialism. There you go. You said it. This, I did. This is the opposite of legalism it's this idea that laws rules regulations traditions none of it applies i can do what as i want grace is just poured out continuously for me and i can keep on living the same way and nothing will happen to me yep you, you nailed it it's and it comes from the two greek words anti meaning against and uh nomos meaning uh law so yep. um and you, you you touched on everything actually my, my notes uh you know christian can live however they want uh for you know because the law there's no in no way does the law bind um is binding for believers and that's just that's just not true and paul talks mm-hmm. about paul and the apostles are all confronted with this specific issue um in the new testament and and he talks about it um 
So, you know, I don't remember the verse, oh my goodness, but he talks about, you know, what what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we die to sin. How can we live it, live in it any longer? Yeah, he he says stuff like that quite a few times in Romans Romans, and then again in 1 Corinthians, I believe. Yeah. And, but that's the truth, right? It's, it's, shall we go on, continue to sin? By no means, but shall we disregard the law by no, no means right it's it's this balancing act you, you hit on that it's a balancing act and the issue with churches today um is they don't really cover this kind this kinds of stuff you 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 go to a church like church of the glades and you know they they they, they pay no mind to anything with re, regarding law and what paul pauline theology um anything uh at all. They just do what they want because they're saved under the guise of, of, of grace. Right. Yeah. And, and equally as dangerous as legalism, antinomialism is, it is a, is a essentially a disgusting disguise that anything flies within the church. And, uh, we, and, and, and to the far extreme that you can even clarify that Christians, uh, the, the perfectionist, uh, can fall into this camp too because they will see themselves as not sinning regardless of whatever they're doing. They think that they've been freed and they are um, not, you know, no longer sinning. They are essentially just able to live and do whatever it is. So like for those who, which honestly is quite dangerous because it does not help or counsel anybody who has an addiction or struggles with, you know, a, a particular sin, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives them the freedom to keep, keep sinning. Yeah, and you know what? So I'll ask you a question. I'll put it this way. Because you, so you, I know you, Alex, you, you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and all your strength, right? And we, and we, talk, we, we both do. We talk about it. <laughs> we try. But do you, do you think there's nothing you can do to, do to displease God? Yeah, so... um Yes and no. <laughs> but basically, I guess my point in asking that question, and I agree it's a yes and no, uh, and I'll let you expound on that. But the mm-hmm. idea that you can do whatever you want because you're saved by grace in Jesus, so you can do whatever you want. So there's nothing you really can do to displease them is that's antinomianism. Right. And that's dangerous. So it is. And and so so yes, there's things that I can do to displease him because uh, Paul writes – in Romans heavily in the latter chapters that those who uh, are saved, those who, uh, you know, have uh, salvation, have this mind of righteousness. They seek to do the things that are right. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the position in Romans seven that Paul's writing about his current state. Mm -hmm. And he states that he does the things that he doesn't want to do and doesn't do the things that Mm -hmm. he wants to do. And there's some that, you know, based upon their hermeneutics, think that that's past Paul. And that's fine. I'm not here to debate that. I believe that it is current Paul based upon the way he's talking about um, dying to baptism back in Romans 6. So either way, you know, Paul writes about his struggles. So he is a sinner and he is struggling with sin just as much as we do. But he goes on in Romans to expound about how... This, uh, you know, this new life 
we have the mind of righteousness. That doesn't mean we're always perfect, but it means that we, you know, have the ability to put our minds on the things that are God. And so in, in this kind of world of legalism versus antinomialism, we're going to find ourselves trapped on both camps because on one end, you know, my sins are forgiven. Christ took them to the cross once and for all. Every sin I have ever committed and never will commit has been forgiven. So I guess it doesn't matter. I can keep going on and sinning. But every single apostle says, no, don't do that. That's bad. But then you say, okay, well, I can't sin. So now I must conform to this really strict regimen of life in order to keep from sinning. And then they say, no, don't do that either because it's impossible. So on both camps, it's impossible to keep both aspects because if you, if you go to, to, the, to the side of, of free grace and freely living, so on one end, you're going to get sick of the sin, right? It's going to just start to feel disgusting and dirty yeah. and you're just going to hate it. Let's, let's take probably one of the most uh, hidden and, and, and embarrassing sins in the modern church mm-hmm. today. Are you ready for this? Mm. Porn addiction. Yeah. Because you could probably go into any church and I would be shocked if the number was below 50% of people, not just men, but people, women and men who view pornography on a, even a semi-regular basis. I would be shocked, utterly shocked if it was below 50%. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's infected. It is everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And so those who, and and, and I've had great conversations with people who have, have been completely freed from it and have walked away from it to never look back at it again. And that's, that's God's perfect grace in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who continuously struggle with it. And and look, it's, you know, on the antinomialism side, you're going to get to this. If you, you have this idea in your mind that you can just keep freely sinning, you can keep looking at it and engaging in it. And it'll just over time, it's going to it'll ruin your soul. Yeah. I mean, it is because it releases endorphins into your brain. It creates this um, this uh, false sense of reality of what the marriage bed is. It, it forces you to treat women like they're animals. Uh, and not only that, but those who, and if you listen to the show and you're addicted, you know, I would, I would recommend getting in touch with, with, with places, churches that can help you break it. Because when you are watching porn, you are contributing to the abortion rates. You are contributing to sex trafficking and women abuse around the globe. And so it is a catastrophic uh, outcome of what your, your one addiction has you. And here's the thing, because you think it's hidden, you think it doesn't affect anybody, but it does because you're giving the views to these movies that the producers are seeking. Yeah. And, and just like in the music industry, and you can attest to that, if your song's getting played over and over and over again, don't you want to keep producing more music? Yeah. If your porn video's getting played over and over and over again, wouldn't you try to produce more porn? That's the mm. same mindset. 
Yeah. And so yeah. if you're watching these videos, you're contributing to all of these absolutely terrible realities in this industry. Drug addiction is huge. Uh, abuse on women is unspeakably large. Abortion rates are high. Sex trafficking. I mean, it's just an it's terrible and it's just it's a sin that many christians think is okay yeah and well and the thing is a lot of these churches going back to um you know antinomianism um again it's 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 convictionless christianity so right. these churches are not preaching because the idea that well well jesus talked about love more than anything in scripture and, and you know if, if you do a word count sure Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get it. I get it. And, and, and grace is the most important thing. And we are covered yep. by grace. But the reality of it is in these churches, it's discipleship. It's, you know, teach, teaching and expounding on these, these topics that are infecting the church, infecting society, desensitizing kids. And that's what we're talking about. So the idea with with this, you know, antinomianism, you know, there is no moral law that God expects us to to strive to obey. That's it's completely false and it is not biblically based at all because you read you can read throughout new, the New Testament. Like you said, I mean, first John five, three, this is, the, you know, this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. And then you have it right from the mouth of God. In Matthew 20, 22, um, 37 through 40. And we've talked about this specific one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the yep. first and greatest commandment. And then the yep. second, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. I mean, what are we talking about here? And this is, this is what we're talking about. You get into scripture and things start coming to life. And mm-hmm. that wisdom, when you become a believer... When you are saved by God's grace, he deposits this wisdom, this wisdom in your heart that just comes to life because of the Holy Spirit. Think of the Paul Washer um, sermons about not returning to your vomit because that's our that's what we innately want to do. We're, we're legalistic. We, we want to do bad, but we have a changed nature. So a true believer does everything they can to stay away, to move away from. I mean, I can look at it in my own life with music. There was a pull for a while after I was truly, I truly gave my life to Christ or I put my faith in Christ. I'm sorry, just to see I'm some conditioned saying give, I don't give anything to God, but you know what I'm saying? When I put my faith in Christ, truly, I still had the pull, man. I still had that pull to to want to go to clubs, to want to to go to shows that I could get backstage, you know, and and play these shows and 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 self glorify myself up on stage. I, you know, there was a pull. It just doesn't disappear. And and this is progressive sanctification. We move through and we we turn away, and it just it it is not by our doing. So we don't get wrapped around the axle about I'm not doing it. It was a long process to get to where I am. And we've talked about that as well. So I I just think we can't, you know, the, the long and the commandments of Christ, he does not. And Paul does not say kicking him out the door. So basically, you know, you can just do whatever you want to displease him because you're covered by grace. And, 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 you know, 
we, when we fall, we repent and we're, we mourn over that. But, but the beauty of it is, is I know I have a God who will forgive me. He has forgiven me. And I look at a particular event and I want to move away from it and do whatever I can as a human being in this earth, in this vehicle of a human body and, and, and through praying to, to move away from it. So I, I think again, you know, conviction, less Christianity, come on, that's, that's, re, it's ridiculous, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. And so as we approach the hour mark on this episode already, it feels like we just started talking about five minutes ago. It, it really does. Um, I want to I want to provide listeners with five easy steps to, <laughs> <laughs> but and, but and real all, quick and real quick ahead. I want to say so basically sermons are no longer needed to expose our sins, allowing us to admit faults and confess them freely with antinomianism basically right. So it's just right. something to yeah. think about. It's all it's all God's fluff. It's Joel Osteen and Stephen Furtick and good luck with that stuff. Yeah. So think about that, you know, and, and that's what you want to stay away from. You want to yep. st- stay away from those kinds of pastors. Sincerely, yeah. it's it's just yep. they will lead they, they're leading, uh, you know, people off a cliff. They yep. really are. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to kind of bring this to a point um, as, as we wrap the show up. And, mm-hmm. and you, I think we've given good breakdowns on both camps. Technically, all three, if you call count moralism in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've we've really and again, this isn't exhaustive. So, you know, down the road, expect part two, uh, just as we promised we would come back to a sanctification episode later on. And, and here's a really quick a side tangent. There's a reason we put time and distance in between some of these episodes, because we want to see how we grow as well. Yeah. And and we want to come back and revisit things. Well, you know, I didn't know this six months ago. Now I do, you know, and that's why sometimes we don't just go, you know, in a sequence, part one, part two. So, uh, just bear in mind that as we record these episodes, so don't expect this six months down the road, but you know, it'll be probably well into late winter 2021. So, so to, to, to bring this, these to a point, I, I, I continuously in, in my mind and brought back to what Paul wrote in Romans that, we we can't be clinging to this legalistic lifestyle in the, in the reflection that this is what you must do in order to earn salvation or achieve God's uh, you know approval or personal merit or whatever you know tidbit word you want to throw on there. But you will probably fall into legalism more frequently as you try to refrain from sinning than you do antinomialism. But then when you sin on a regular basis, you will fall into the antinomialism camp because you think that, wow, my sins are forgiven. Therefore I can keep doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I can tell you this, I get angry every so often probably like most of you listeners and I can, I can get a temper going and case in point last night, our neighbor below us 12 o'clock at night, him and a bunch of teenage girls are out in our, in the driveway here screaming and hollering. I got pretty mad. Not going to lie. And it can't, you know, it's, and it's things like that, that 
when we are mentally at our, our most exhausted points, sin runs just 10 times more rampant than it does when we are right minded and, and in our right state of mind. So to bring these to a point, there will be times when you fall into both of these camps and that's, that's okay. But you have to understand that you can't use your legalism or your free grace and, you know, endless grace to encroach upon another person's views. So I keep coming back to what Paul wrote in Romans, two, two things. And, and that's to say that as a Christian, our minds will be filled with the things that are righteous and it'll draw us away from sin. It, you know, like you said, with your, the bands and the, the clubs and the, and all the performing that it wasn't overnight, but right. over time, your mind was filled with more things that were righteous than the things that were not righteous. Same thing with me. I, I don't get angry like I did five years ago, but I, occasionally, and I think we have anger as an emotion for a reason, but you know, we, we get to a point where some of the things in the past just don't bother us. Like I used to have a terrible road rage. I used to be like, my wife used to hate driving with me. And my mom would even tell you that she would never talk to me on the phone when I'm driving. Right. Because I just had horrible road rage. Now I just don't care anymore. I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're driving 20 and a 55. Totally cool, dude. I'm not in any hurry. Just not. If I'm late for work, I don't care. So be it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's just these things are out of my control. So what do I care about? So the as we progress in our in our walk, the things of righteousness will be filled with us as. But here's the thing, too. It's as we are hearing the word preached in a good biblical church. And the second aspect in Romans that I'm drawn to is when Paul makes the distinguishment between weak Christians and strong Christians, those who are strong. Uh, understand a finer line of what freedoms they have in Christ and what restrictions they have in Christ. Obviously in today's culture, they have the freedom to eat whatever foods and to read their Bible when they're felt and called to read their Bible, pray when they're called to read, to pray. Um, You know, if they miss a Sunday of church, they're not going to beat themselves up for it. Uh, Whereas the weak Christian may be still clinging to these things as works, that they must do these things. Uh, the strong Christian is not going to, you know, easily subscribe to uh, to certain types of sin that they have been prone to in their prior life. Uh, the weak Christian may succumb easier to certain types of sin. But in both camps, each person is not to use their their position to cause a stumbling block for the other. If you're a strong Christian and you know weaker Christians, come alongside them and help build them up. And if you're a weak Christian, then find and seek out stronger ones to help build you up. Because that's the only way you'll escape you know, residing in either one of these camps for long periods of time. Yeah. And, you know, the problem, too, is and to kind of close the loop, too, um, you know, consider the audience in, in, when you're, when you're sharing the gospel, um, because certainly I think, um, like you said, you know, at, at points in times, we all find ourselves in, in, in the, um, in any one of these three camps, um, you know, but 
when you hear when you hear pastors speaking to potentially unbelievers and they're preaching a convictionless Christianity that doesn't talk about sin, doesn't talk about repentance, what it means to turn away. There's a major problem, and this is the infection in, in the church. This is the infection, and it's getting progressively worse, so we have to be very careful. Now, with respect to, I think, the three isms that we were talking about, I think it boils down to um, the heart and desire, and it becomes more about you know the desire and the condition of the heart. So part of having a regenerate heart is to have a change, like you were talking about, towards desires that go against and are in contradiction to the law of Christ. So, uh, you know, that leads to spiritual disciplines and commands like those that are, uh, that we read about in first Peter, you know, which enjoy are taken on by those who have a regenerate heart. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's joy to, to do things that are pleasing and good for the Lord to the Lord. So, um, it, it is part of that. And I think, uh, you know, the next time we get together and we, and we, we touch on it. I'd love to kind of touch on, you know, how, how do the doctrines of justification and sanctification relate to these three isms? Because oh, yeah. I, there's yeah. an absolute tie to them. And because, you know, look, we know we don't gain entry into heaven by obeying the law. Right. Um, but again, I, I'll say it again, but those, those that are citizens, you know, we're citizens of God's kingdom. We seek to live according to the law of that realm and, and to, right. to right. I mean, that is just in us. So yep. there's no dividing the two. Yep. So I'll, I'll close out with that. No, that's good. And I think that's a good premise for part two of this episode. And yeah. it might even give us a close out on the justification and sanctification part two as well. I think Sounds we good. can mold these two topics together rather well. So All right. uh, any, any, any final thoughts for the listeners? No. Um, I want to thank everybody that lifted my daughter up in prayer and my family. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a tough two weeks with uh, dealing with COVID here. Yeah. Um, but I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Um, subscribe. Uh, follow A Matter of Truth. You know, we do this to glorify God first and foremost. And, um, you know, we we fall under the umbrella of Undying Light Ministries. And it's uh, it's a blessing to be here. And, and I want to thank everybody again. Yeah. And to echo that, I mean, it's... That, that's essentially why we weren't able to produce a fifth, uh, November 15th episode is because your daughter had COVID. And, yep. You know, your family was just all over the place 100% of the time. And so yeah. we decided we we, <clears throat> we were going to record a couple of weeks ago. We had a night picked out and then just everything fell apart. Yeah. And uh, so with that said, we are producing the end of November. We've got a guest lined up in December. So... Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you, uh, you you tune in for that one. You won't want to miss it. Also, if you are listening to the first time, thank you for tuning and making it in this far. Share this on whatever social media platforms you have. Subscribe. Leave us comments. Leave us feedback. DM us. Tell us what you think of the show because this is how we, you know, grow this this little segment of the ministry and you know, as anthony pointed undying light ministries is kind of something and the name may change here shortly but um it's something that we're growing and investing in and expanding so you know keep that in mind as you're looking for you know shows and content and production because for me there's a lot of things that I'm going to be producing for Undying Light and A Matter of Truth in the coming months. So keep, in, keep that in mind as you guys go about your daily lives. 
and I wish everybody, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. By the time this airs, you will probably see, hopefully, my big announcement from every from what's going on this weekend. But I have to wait till Sunday to get any to get the final word. And I'm sure you guys could probably guess it if you pay close enough attention to me. Um, but I'll leave the mystery out there. So until then. I'm going to go make a pizza <laughs> and I got a Q and a to jump on in an hour for my Patreons. All right. Yeah. So Anthony, it, it was a pleasure getting back on the mic with you. Yeah, and for sure. we've, we've got, we've got all sorts of stuff lined up in December and January and you guys are going to be well pleased. So that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. And to all of our hardcore fans who listen every week, thank you. God bless. We love God you. God bless. Yep.